You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Nicole's Danny. Fans, we got a full show for you today. NBA free agency, NBA in-season tournament. Danny, first to NBA free agency and where, oh boy, the Bucks They did some big things here, man. They re-signed Middleton and they re-signed Brooke Lopez. I think, to me, those were the two biggest things uh, that happened in this free agency. Keeps the core together uh, for at least two years. Mm-hmm. Brooke signs a two-year deal. Middleton with a three-year three year deal. Uh, I think this is something the Bucks needed to do uh, in order, one, to keep Giannis, uh, but then also to contend for a title, Danny. As we talk about uh, the Joker and he, him being agile and pass, things of that nature, in order to compete with that, you have to have someone like that. Brooks is that guy for us. Uh, I think this puts Milwaukee in a great position, not only in the Eastern Conference, but in the entire league. Uh, what say you about the Brook and Milton signing, Danny? Jason, we speculated on this prior to free agency with Middleton being at meeting with Adrian Griffin, the new coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. So we had an inkling that he was going to resign because why would he be a part of that if he wasn't resigning? And along those lines, if he was resigning, you, you better get Brooke Lopez back which obviously they did, because if he were to leave, that leaves a gaping hole on the defensive end. And then also, you know, Brooke can stretch the floor for Giannis, because if Giannis doesn't drive and kick, Brooke can, you know, hit the three or, as well. But as we saw in the NBA Finals, you need a big body out there uh, to at least bang with Jokic. They brought his brother back, Robin. <laughs> So you get, you get an extra six fouls with Robin Lopez. <laughs> and also bringing back Jay Crowder. Yes. I was uh, not surprised by it because I think it was just a Coach Bud, Jay Crowder thing and what happened in the playoffs. And why wouldn't he want to run it back with the championship contender? Because the Bucks technically should be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. If all goes well and injuries, you know, don't take them down. I thought it was a good offseason. Uh, a sneaky one, though, was Malik Beasley. Yes. I was hoping the Lakers would bring back Malik Beasley because he's at, they got him on a really friendly deal. I think it was like 2.1 million or two something million. Mm-hmm. Malik Beasley can shoot. Uh, so that's another threat to the outside for the Bucks as well in this free agency. Danny, a surprising signing to me was the likes of the Houston Rockets signing Fred Van Vliet uh, to like a three-year $130 million contract. Man, I did not see that coming mm-hmm. uh, for Fred. And kudos to him for leveraging that, getting that paper and everything, man. But also Kyrie going back to Dallas three years for $126 million. Golly. 
didn't think Kyrie was going to get that much fight, honestly, but he did. He gets the bag. And so we'll see what happens with the Dallas Mavericks moving forward, man. But Nick Nurse now becoming the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. You have James Harden looking to actually um, move, want, wanting to be moved and want to be traded. The question is, where he, is he going to go? I think one of the things that these teams are now looking at is the likes of this new CBA that's going to be happening here next year or two, in where you can only have basically two uh, big contracts. And then you're going to have a lot of little or smaller, smaller contracts. And so I don't think people are really willing to take on that much when it comes to James Harden. Uh, not only at his age, but can he last in the playoffs? So we'll see what happens with that, man. But the 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 one that is really out there right now is Dame Dollar. Uh, Damian Lillard wanting to now be moved from Portland. Uh, he's targeting the Miami Heat. I don't know what assets the Miami Heat really has to really <laughs> just to do a, a straight trade here. They may have to get a, a third team involved here. Uh, but question a lot of people have is, do you help the Miami Heat? Miami Heat just went to the finals. Why would you want to help a franchise that just went to the finals? Where's the competition, even not only on the floor, but even in the front office? And so that's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. What say you, Danny? A uh, couple things here, Jason. One, I want to give a shout out to the Lakers. I thought they had a great offseason. Yes with uh, the signings they made. They brought back Reeves. They brought back Hachimura. I thought his contract was a little high, but uh, he had a good playoff. So you're hoping that playoff Rui shows up in the regular season and actually helps them. D'Lo is back. Gabe Vincent, they pulled from Miami. Uh, Jackson Hayes, I thought was a, a nice signing for them to help them down low, an athletic big, uh, younger uh, player and uh, you got Cam Reddish and Torian Prince so I think they rounded out that bench really well and this should actually help LeBron limit some of his minutes because they have enough talent to play and supplement um, his play you know with him getting older with some actually um, some talented role players and players that can actually start for them so thought they had a great offseason yeah, we'll see with James Harden and Dame, Damian Lillard. But honestly, I think Miami needs a big yes, uh, yes. more than anything because, mm -hmm. you know, Dame is, you know, Dame, he's a great player. But I thought in the finals they needed someone who could bang with a team like Denver and that front line. Uh, so that I think that's still going to be if they were to match up with Denver – or whomever, they still need somebody to help with that. So I guess we won't know until a trade happens, who goes where and how they improve their roster besides bringing Dame Lillard. But usually in these types of trades, man, it's usually you're you're gutting out the, the team and are you really going to a better situation from Dame's perspective going to Miami? Mm -hmm. I think he is because you joined Jimmy Butler, but is I'm assuming Bam's going to be there. But they're gonna have to give up something to get Dane. They gotta give us something. Yeah, they're gonna have to give us something. 
Uh, so we'll wait and see, and hopefully by our next show, we'll we'll know where Dame is and see where James Harden is. And now on to some other news here in the NBA, and that is the official announcement of this play-in tournament, Danny. This has been talked about for quite some time, and it's finally here. Um, they used a soccer or football World Cup style group grouping here. Uh, group one has the likes of the 76ers, Cavs, Hawks, Pacers, Detroit Pistons, Group 2, Bucks, Knicks, Heat, Wizards, and Hornets, Group 3, Celtics, Nets, Raptors, Bulls, Magic, Group 4, Grizzlies, Suns, Lakers, Jazz, and the Blazers, Group 5, Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans, Mavericks, and Rockets, and Group 6, Warriors, Kings, uh, Timberwolves, Thunder, and Spurs. And this was based upon purely a World Cup style draw uh, process um, where they split the conferences into five different pots and then uh, they were separated uh, based upon um, last season's records and standings. There'll be some games starting in November, uh, November 3rd to 14th and all throughout the rest of November. Um, and then ultimately, the final four uh, plays in Vegas, uh, beginning on December 7th, which will be the semifinals, and December 9th, which will be the finals, uh, out in Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena. Danny, <clears throat> let me just say this. These games, they um, go towards regular season um, number of games. I believe we still have the likes of an 82-game season, but just, again, in a different format to begin the season off. Um, my initial thoughts were, or are, um, listen, what happened to divisions? We used to have divisions, like Eastern Conference had like the Central Division and the North Division or whatever, and East East Division, et cetera. And now to me, the divisions are null and void. If you're going to have something like this, to, to me, it's kind of like you should be using the divisions to determine who's like the divisional winner and then kind of go moving on from there if you want to make divisions more relevant than what they are right now. The second thing that came to mind was what about those home games that possibly are missed? Just as we're talking about going to Vegas uh, for at least the final four, what happens to those, those home games? Are those now going to be just road games for all four teams. That's some lost revenue for those cities. So this, like I say, if a small market team makes it to the finals, to the final four, that money could have actually gone towards the arena, going towards the city, et cetera. So there's some lost revenue there that uh, people, uh, teams and franchises are going to miss out on and the cities are going to miss out on. So I'm, just curious to know about that. And here's the other thing too, Danny. I think as we get older, the more tra traditional, <laughs> I'm becoming a traditionalist, if you would, in terms of the NBA. But I do want to stack up. If we're trading cards, mm -hmm. it's hard to trade a card, and where now you have these tournaments and season tournaments and probably not as many games and down the road or 
you have people who are low managing and stuff like that versus a, a, a card that where a player played 82 games or played a majority of the season. There was no low management. Uh, there was no in-season tournament. It's kind of like life for life. So this is going to be interesting moving forward. I think this is a huge money grab by the NBA. Uh, it's an opportunity for them to expand even further globally uh, to make it or to emulate what soccer has or football has across yeah. the world. Uh, and so interesting to see how this is going to play out. But we said the same thing or something similar to that of the play-in tournament. Um, we see how successful that has been. So we'll see how this goes. What say you, Danny? Jason, yeah. I look at this as the NBA's attempt to make the early part of the season relevant. Uh, because usually, is they usually say, no one really tunes into the NBA until around the All-Star break, right? Uh, because the NFL. So now this, I'm assuming from their perspective, at least will be something comparable where the complaints, and we know the complaints right now, players don't really want to play until the playoffs. You know, they kind of pick it up towards the end of the season, but this will actually incentivize them to want to play a little harder from, I would say, the consumer's perspective. Uh, not to say they're not playing hard because we know guys are out there. It's, it's the pros, but, you know, some games you watch, you're like, come on now. And then two, load management and some of these other things. So you are incentivized to play because it's on a broader stage versus like a Tuesday night or a random game on a Tuesday night. It actually has some significance behind it. And people will be tuning in to watch this because this is, you know, the first time they're trying this and to see how it all goes. And to your point, the teams that, you know, make the final, it, you know, it should be in those cities to actually, you know, uh, provide something to those cities as a kudos for them making it that far and all that good stuff. So I know what they're trying to do with the Vegas thing because, you know, Vegas is on the short list of expansion. And if they go that route, so they're, you know, showcasing from that perspective. But all in all, I look at it as, I'm curious to see, and I'm actually looking forward to it because I want to see how these players react to this and how they're playing and the like, um, the significance and how the coaches manage the games and the players and the minutes and things like that. So there's going to be a lot of lessons learned from this first go round, mm -hmm. and I'm hoping it's successful because. That's, like I said, it's a big gripe from a lot of fans is the players, you know, don't really want to play until the playoffs. So we'll see what they do here where this is actually at the beginning of the season and kicking the season off right and how they handle things. Yeah, Danny, one thing here to add. Um, so at the start of this tournament, uh, the game is going to be played uh, in a combination of four Fridays and three Tuesdays mm -hmm. uh, to start off with. Um, the NBA is looking to not have as many back-to-backs, if you will. Um, this is going to be really interesting to see how that's, this is played out, especially this early in the season, how if they're going to play extremely hard 
uh, and they're trying to prevent injuries uh, and all as well. This is the beginning of the season, coming off of maybe a preseason, but then also uh, training camps. And Danny, as a result of this tournament, uh, the end result would be that the winning team, each player takes home $500,000 uh, in this NBA Cup, if you will. The losers uh, in the finals uh, would take home $200,000 each. Uh, and then semifinal final losing teams would take home 100000 uh, per player. The quarterfinal losers would take, out, take home $50,000. Let's say you about uh, this breakdown. This may be a point of contention for the fans as far as, all right, you guys are making all this money. Now you need more money. I just look at it as something that in order for the players to follow through on this, there had to be some type of carrot in place um, to say, all right, let's, hey, we're going to give you this amount of money. I don't know where they're pulling this from. I don't know if there's some type of shared revenue pot they're pulling this from or whatever, but. If I'm a bench player and I'm not making the $250 million contract or, you know, I'm making minimum, this is a big deal for some of those players that um, are on the lower end of the pay scale. So that may also play into this and how everything is handled from a team perspective, because if guys see guys sitting out and it's like, man, I could have got that 500 grand, you know, then it comes to, what I'm also, I didn't mention this earlier, was I'm looking at this post-tournament too and how these teams, what that middle section of the season then looks like after this early season tournament. Mm -hmm. Between then and the All-Star break or once like 20 games left in the season, what does that look like even? Because if guys are giving their all, they're going to be possibly tired, Right. And will there be more load management? How is this all going to shake out? I know you mentioned injuries as another concern. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's the other thing as well I'm looking at is what's the output of this from a post-tournament and how the, re the rest of the remainder of the regular season plays out and how that impacts things. You know, I sense, Danny, I sense there's going to be a lot of load management in this tournament, man. I think a lot of stars and everything, they're not going to play a chunk of this tournament. I think there's going to be A and B squad mm -hmm. uh, for each team. Uh, and I think the B squad is going to honestly focus in on this tournament while the A squad is going to focus in on the rest of the regular season. Mm -hmm. So I, I can see that honestly happening because you're only going to get a certain few who's going to get paid off of this winnings. And granted, they have their contract and everything in in dog. Again, this counts towards regular season games. Is it that much of an impact? It, like I said, it depends, man. I think it's very it's gonna be it's complicated, yeah. honestly. Mm -hmm. Because the other thing is okay, the stars are or say for example, the stars are low managing. It's like, all right. What's the difference between this game and if the tournament wasn't playing? You should be playing. And don't let the old players come and get involved in this because this really has to tick them off. First off, these the contracts, what they are now versus what they were, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. But 
If players are taking, no, you're, you signed up for the 82 games plus the playoffs if you make it. It doesn't matter if it's a tournament. It, a game is a game. And if you're a competitor and you're not injured, you should be given. You should be given your all in some form or fashion. So if that's the case, then too, if they start playing it like you mentioned, like the AB, they're gonna have to expand the rosters. Thank you for joining us at That Ports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.